This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one, from big leaguers to little leaguers. Check them out at theropetrainer.com. They're also a sponsor of The Rope Report, brought to you each and every week right here on Youth Baseball Talk. A- an opportunity for you to learn a little bit more about the rope and exactly how to use it and what it's for. So, happy to have those guys on board as always. It's a quality product uh, presented by quality people, Earl Perrin, Chris Verna, and of course, the Hall of Famer, John Smoltz. Let me welcome in my cohort, my co-host, cohort in crime, if you will, Spiker Helms. What's going on? I've been watching a lot of umpiring videos. Yes, you're ready, ready for, for this, this aren't yeah. you? I knew it. So uh, look at that. You've already peeked them out, and I haven't even done our our, Sorry. our, our, Sorry. our uh, shameful plugs here. Let's get right to that. That way we can get on topic here. Check us out, youthbaseballtalk.com. It's where you'll find the podcast. It's also an opportunity for you to subscribe and get a little notification each time the podcast comes out. It's absolutely free. When you go to youthbaseballtalk.com, you'll see... Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, the great thing, too, that I'm always reminded by people to tell uh, our new listeners is the great thing about youthbaseballtalk.com is it's your opportunity to go back through our catalog. We're right at 100 episodes these days. Mm-hmm. So uh, I still have people. I can see it every week. It's interesting. The very first one I did over two years ago, there's still people listening to that, like that find us. So it's like Netflix. People are binge watching old episodes. And uh, it's amazing uh, the the great quality people I've had an opportunity to interview over the years. It's really where I met my co-host Spiker Holmes, having him in to talk about his journey through Missouri State, and of course his great company, Tourney Guy. Uh, just an opportunity to meet some great people and share information. So check that out, youthbaseballtalk.com. Follow us on Twitter. We are at Podcast Baseball. If you're involved in the game of baseball and you follow us, we're going to follow you back. Uh, Facebook, type in Youth Baseball Talk, like our page there as well, whether it be Twitter or Facebook. If you see our stuff, if you could just share it for us when you see it come out from us. It's an opportunity for you to share around something that we're very passionate about. And at the end of the day, that's helping kids understand the game of baseball. It's helping coaches and helping parents as well. So, again, sharing that is the greatest thing you could do for us if you're a supporter of the show. There are so many of you out there that have done it already. We cannot thank you enough. If you could continue it, it'd be great. And lastly, and certainly not least, is all the support we get from lineupmedia.fm, fastest-growing podcast company on the planet. Make sure you check them out. There is another podcast there that is worth your entertainment time, I assure you. Let's get right to topic here, my man. I have been working on my strikeout call. (laughs) The past two days. Well, shared a shared a video a few weeks ago um, through our Facebook page, and it got a lot of reaction. And there are paragraphs. Yes. Well, and again, rightfully so. And here's the thing: I'm going to start this conversation. We're going to talk about umpiring today. And um, if you heard some of my comments, on, not heard. If you read some of my comments on the Facebook post. Um, if you looked at my general reaction to some things, you might have a different feel for where this is going to go. I assure you, umpires deserve and demand our respect, and they should get it. That's not the point of what I was trying to make. My concern is is when an umpire, all umpires, what they feel their role is within the game of baseball and its effect. It's no different than one of the last episodes that we did not too long ago where I wanted to remind everybody that as a coach, 
whether you like it or not, or or whether you think it's your responsibility or not, you are going to affect a young man's life or a young lady's life, depending on what you're coaching. So I ask you, how serious are you taking what you're doing? I would make that same claim, that same statement to umpires. You are directly affecting kids. So what role are you going to take within that? That's what I ask you. It's not like I'm not condemning you or saying you're awful. That That's not what that's about. If you, if you followed along at that at all, you would see where I'm coming from in a general discussion area of the role the umpire plays in the game of baseball. It's, it's like they're, umpires are interesting because you, you want to be friends with them. I remember when I played, I wanted to be friends with them, but then the rebel in me came out a little bit. Well, it's an authoritative figure that sometimes doesn't tell you what you want to hear. That's basically what an umpire is, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that. no, I'm completely right. You're yeah, wrong. Yeah, I'm right. You're I'm the player. Wrong. You're That's the umpire. Right. I know the game. You don't know the game. We apologize if uh, if there's construction going on in the background here. They're doing some uh, upgrades to the studio above us. So uh, I don't know that, that was, we were aware that was scheduled for today. So we apologize in, in advance if that's, uh, if that's in our – I don't know if you guys can hear that or not. But if you can, we apologize. Are they putting in the smoothie bar? Well, I hope so. So anyway. Um, so, yeah. So here, here's the deal. Let's start off with saying this. There is no way, shape, or form. Let, let's talk about umpire etiquette first. Yes. I want to talk about – what I think our responsibilities are before I get into what is going to be perceived by some as umpire bashing. It's not. Number one, anybody that steps on that field umpire deserves your respect. And that means in this order, player, coach, parent. All right. Let me assure you what you're, I'm going to go through all three of these, what your role is in regards to the umpires. Number one, if you're a player, your job is to respect that umpire your job is to never engage that umpire unless you have a general question that you're looking for an answer to and you're willing to accept that answer, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It is not your job to stand there and argue with an umpire. It is not your job to stand there and look disgusted. It is your job to play the game of baseball and turn around and head back to the dugout or to a base or whatever it may be and, and live to talk about it another day. That person you should talk about it with is this next person I'm going to discuss, and that's your coach. The head coach can engage an umpire. He should try to do so respectfully. But that's the guy that needs to talk to an umpire. Not you as a player. Not you as a parent. For sure not you as a parent. The um, It is a coach's job to engage an umpire to get a couple of things. Clarification. To ask, generally, if he... You know, to get his point across, I guess, hey, are you sure you saw that right? Whatever. That's your way of saying, I think you missed that one. Can you get help if the situation calls for help? Blah, blah, blah. It's the coach and only the coach. Okay. Now, I'm going to get to the parent, and then it's going to bring me back to the coach. Parents, when you start in on an umpire, what do you think you're doing? Let me ask you this. You know, Spiker, you're not a parent yet. You will be someday. But you were a player on a field. So here, here I go with this, and I want you to be honest. I'm asking this question to all the parents out there. When you as a parent start in on an umpire, what do you really think you're doing? I know what you're doing because I'm a parent and a coach. I know for a fact, and I'm going to ask Spiker to be honest here, when you played, if you heard parents getting on an umpire, did that or did that not make you feel like it was okay for you to get on an umpire? When I was little, yes. Yeah. Yes. And my second thought was, please, God, don't be my mom. 
like, please don't let that be my mom that's yelling at the umpire. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I was really thinking. But yeah, it did. Like later on down the road, I'd be like, oh yeah, I can talk to that guy. Yeah, if my mom and dad can yell at him, why can't I? Yeah. Right? So that's the message you're sending. Is that what you want to send to your kids? Okay, so here's the deal. I know it's hard and I know it's not easy, but as a parent, you really, really need to just let it go. It's not going to change anything. I listen, and I'm not I'm not holier are, than thou. I've been there. I've stood on the other side, and I've been upset at a call and said, and then, like, honest to God, 30 seconds after I'm done, I sit there and go, God, shut up. What 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 is wrong with you? I find myself now more days, more times now on a bad call looking at the people around me going, well, I guess we're going to have to go with the guy that was five feet from it versus us sitting over here. And I say all the time in the stands, where was that? The yeah. strikes? Yeah. You well, know, and you know, I, and I think that goes back because you had a great team. And um, when, when I coach, I noticed that, and please, please give me your thoughts on this, is that when you approached an umpire as a coach before it even escalated, like even when, when a play was, didn't go your way and you had to go talk to the umpire, did you rush out there and run to, run to that guy uh, or did you walk calmly? Because what I've noticed is that when I walk calmly to the umpire, very nonchalant, my parents are, they end it. They don't, they're like, oh, he's going to take care of it. We're good. Well, listen, you can throw this right onto the pile that I've talked about on here about a lot of the mistakes I've made as a coach in the game of youth baseball. I've had my run-ins with umpires when I was younger, for sure. Did you run out after uh, There's been a couple times really? where I probably react, not ran, but just reacted poorly. Chrome, uh, we, that's, a, Chrome, that's we had, surprising. Well, we I had, we had a couple that. instances where some things happened and I didn't react very well and you know, it, it. I listen. I say this all the time. If it, again, and I and I do repeat it all the time because I don't expect everybody that finds us to go back and listen to every past show. For the people that have followed us from the beginning, I've told the story on here. The day, the day I was sitting on my bucket, and it wasn't even with the team I have now. It was with my older boys' team, and I've said I completely screwed that up till pretty close to the end. I didn't did a poor job as a coach. Poor. Did. Now, crazy be a, coach came out? Well, no. There'd be a lot of people that say, man, Jim, you did a good job with our kids. And I'd be like, no, I didn't. I was a poor example. You know, I, 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 was, I we overused pitchers. You know, we didn't develop. You know, we were more about winning. We, we didn't develop. And it, it, I could go on and on and on about the poor coaching job I did with the older kids. And not that I was perfect with the younger kids either. That wasn't, that wasn't where I was going with this. But I mean, literally, talk about doing things the wrong way. And I remember... Um, sitting on my bucket and watching a guy on the other team completely lose his shit. And I remember sitting there going, do I look like that? I've looked like that before. I don't ever want to look like that again. That's embarrassing to me. It's got to be embarrassing to my son. And it's definitely embarrassing to my wife. And most of all, I'm embarrassing myself. I never, ever will do that again. And I never did. Now, I will say this. Once with my younger team, there were a few times that I did some things that I wish I wouldn't have done, but they were nothing to that level. Mm -hmm. But just in general, like, it's funny. I had a lot of people come up to me and say, man, you really, and I'm sitting here going, you know, I'm ashamed of that. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, I mean, the way I react, because I take seriously now the kids that are looking at me and how I react. And I, again, I wasn't perfect. I mean, emotion always, that's the problem. Emotion comes into play sometimes. 
and you got to be able to stop yourself. But you have to be that example. If the coach is a bad example, I can tell you the parents and the kids will feed off of it, and it'll be like a fire that you pour gasoline on. So as a coach, you have to be able to handle that, that adversity because you can't ask your parents to act one way and then you act another. Now, is it well within your right? It is your responsibility. I, I tell you what I don't need is I don't need a bunch of youth coaches telling me how they're out there defending their kids. You don't have to defend anybody. No, that's okay. Uh, We're not, nobody's going to jail here. Nobody's world. fighting against the world here. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that I think that's a little overboard. But what I will say is it is my job to go out and ask for my kids to have a fighting chance. How did you teach your kids to handle umpires on bad calls or on good calls or just in general? You just play the game and let everybody worry about everything else. That's what I taught them. Got There's it. nothing you can do about it. Yeah. I, you know, now we're going to get into here in a second the one thing that I take issue with because it's not about – listen, let me tell you something. When – if to to what's the word to not criticize but to be involved in this conversation you have to have some what I call baseball smarts okay to to give yourself a fighting chance at whether or not you 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 have a realistic opinion on this subject here's what I need to let you guys know there the the term to use is banger okay in the game of baseball the cardinal the things that the things that happen are bangers that are issues. A banger can go either way. As if you get the call on a banger, okay, then you're happy. If you don't get the call on a banger, you're unhappy. But here's what you have to understand. Yeah, I would have liked that call, but I didn't get it. Or, man, I got that call. I wouldn't have been real happy if I didn't get it. But there's no reason to freak out. Yeah. Because it's a banger. And a banger is a bang-bang play. Yep. Those are the ones that everybody freaks out about all the time. Now, when something happens really poorly, okay, that's an, that's an issue. Okay, the coach handles that, and he should handle it respectfully and then move on because there ain't nothing you can do about it. All the yelling from the stands, all the yelling from the dugout. I'm going to ask you, please send in. Have you ever been screaming at an umpire from the stands and he went, you know what, you're right. You, you know what, you're absolutely right. He's safe. I mean, come on. I'm going to do that next time. Be like, oh, that was a great call. <laughs> or or hang on. Do you really believe in your heart of hearts that he blew a call and you're yelling at him and that made him better? <laughs> All of a sudden, he's a great umpire because you were yelling at him? It doesn't do any good. No. All it does is teach your kids that it's okay to yell at umpires and it's not okay. So let's, let's preface this conversation about umpires as saying they deserve and demand your respect. Hands down. There should be no argument within a game about calls. Okay, now I'm but gonna. If you disagree with well, something, you've got to let that guy know. Well, like, to, I mean, oh, okay. Again, he, I, I, he's got to okay. be good at his job. Like that's the thing. He's got to be good at his job. He's getting paid to officiate a game, and if he's doing a really poor job, like he needs to know that. Like that's just good. I mean, communication right there. But again, I do agree with you that you should not make a huge scene out of it. That'd be like you going into your boss's office and then he just yells at you for no reason or you yell at the boss. Well, let's get into the real issue here that I think is controllable. And that's the strike zone. This is the one problem I have that needs a discussion. You want robots? No. Well, no. But here's what I do want. I want and I want I want people to understand something about hitting okay and when it comes to the strike zone and this is again i've 
I've got guys that I work with that are umpires that I respect immensely that completely disagree with me on this topic. Okay, and it always comes down to semantics and always comes down to opinion. And, and I will say this. I don't want to hear from you that you want to move the game along. I don't want to hear that from you as an umpire. That's not your job is to move the game along. I Last I checked in the manual, that's nowhere in there. <laughs> okay? Now, I will say this. If you tell me where, if and when it's your right, your call to change a rule within the rule book, that's what they're doing. They're saying, eh, that thing that says 17 inches from, 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 from chest to knees, mm-hmm. ah, I'm going to change that on my own. Who gave you the right to do that? Now, I always talk about common sense and how it should rain on this show. I will give you common sense on this show. And I will tell you, okay, I got no problem with you calling a ball outside and a ball inside. But I'm going to tell you something. When the plate's 17 inches and the ball's 3 inches, basically, right? Mm-hmm. If you give a ball inside and a ball outside, we are now at 23 inches. But if the ball crosses the black, that's still a strike. Like if it crosses... I, I'll give you a whole crosses, ball outside. Yeah. I'll give you a whole ball outside. So we're dealing with 23 inches. 23 inches. Okay. I'll give you 23 inches. This is my favorite. Swing the bat. You get in there and you swing the bat, me giving you five and six inches on both sides. You know what? I hated that when an umpire you, said that. You need like... You can't... Listen. Let me... Let me... For all of you listening out there, let me let you know a little secret. If the plate is any more wide than 23 inches, you cannot hit. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what level of baseball you're playing. You cannot hit. You can't do it. Here's what I would tell every umpire. You give me five inches inside and out and get your ass in there and let me throw and you ain't hitting. You're going to have a rough day. You're going to have a rough day. And here's another thing I'll tell you. What you've done is you've chosen which kid... You're going to help out. What you don't know is, and here's the problem. What you don't know is, all you know is what you see today. You might see a kid struggling, so you're going to help him out. What about the kid that hasn't had a hit in a month and all he wants to do is make contact? He's ready to quit the game because he can't hit. And you're calling strikes on him that he can come nowhere close to hitting. And your answer is swing the bat. Wrong, wrong, wrong. 17 inches is really hard to cover. 17 inches. 17 hard to cover. When I teach my lessons, when I teach my lessons, I tell we, the, I We tell talk them, about taking the inside part or the outside part, one yeah, or the other. Pick take, one. Take, you got to take a outer third or inner third. That's that's the section that you got to go go after. Now then when you add 23 inches, ooh, or even 24, 25. Well, I, but that's my point. Now here's another thing. No umpire. But then how are you? Even the best. Even the best. Once you start getting the, the plate, why is the plate there? It's a reference. It's a reference for them to use to call balls and strikes. When you, when you get outside of your reference point, how can you be consistent? You can't. You can't. You have nothing to reference it off of. Now, what's, here's something tangible. Then how, do you, how do you tell an umpire ever so nicely because he controls your outcome? How do, you, how do you engage with that umpire and be like, what, 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 what can I do? Where's the strike zone? Like, how do I know where your strike zone is? You can't because they tell you inevitably, Coach, this is my favorite. And I've I got, done, I got, I actually I've got done this before. I've done got, this before. I actually got something for this. You know, they you walk up to the plate meeting. There's uh, this happened to me all the time, and I would engage right then and there and get it out of the way. All right, I'm going to give a warning. No, you're not. 
Why? Well, Coach, I liked it. That's not the rules. Mm-hmm. These kids are 13. They should know what a balk is by now. And he'd say, well, this is the way I do it. I said, "Here's I'm going to respectfully ask you, you do whatever you want for the other team, but if my kid balks, I want you to call it. He's not going to learn how to not balk by you telling him it's okay to balk. Yeah. And then I'd always get the, and I'd say, Coach, i got a wide strike zone. We're here to swing the bat. I'd say, why? Why? Because I want to go home and watch. Uh, if if Mike, this is what I've always said. If, I, if my kid can't find the strike zone, I'll go bring somebody in that can. And if they can't, then we'll lose. But you telling him it's okay to throw a ball six inches outside and it's a strike's not helping him. It's not helping anybody. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I was sitting around the other day and somebody said, why do you think so many of these kids can't throw a damn strike? And I said, Be- because what was a strike three years ago isn't a strike today. Yeah, that's true. Why should a kid know how to throw a strike? When he was 12 and 13, he didn't have to throw any. <laughs> what do you mean? Why should? I don't understand. I, I, I'm The strike zone in youth baseball is the one argument that I'll have with every umpire, and I'll have it with you till the cows come home. And he, you know what they'd say? Well, then it's going to be a boring game. <laughs> Kids can't throw strikes. And I say, you know what? Here's the deal. Because you created this problem, it will be boring for a while. But I assure you, like all things in life, they'll figure it out. Oh, it quickly changes. It'll change. I mean, I noticed that with lessons with hitting. I asked the adjustment. They make that adjustment real quick. And I'll tell them, well, you got us here. You, you've you done it. Which you, you started by giving them a ball, and then, and, and then a ball went to two balls. Mm-hmm. Bring them back in, and we'll figure it out. And something that's tangible for players, and this is not at the youth level. I do not want youth players to go ask the umpire this. But, like, high school guys and college guys, when you start getting into – that section where you're dealing with the strike zone that you're trying to bring the umpire back in, ask that question like, hey, where, where, is that as far as it goes or is that as high as it goes? Because that ends up completely changing how the umpire is going to engage, engage with you the rest of the game. And, ha- and he actually respects that. Um, I've done that with a number of umpires. And they, I, I had an umpire uh, about two years ago after I retired and uh, not really retired. They, they took the jersey off my back. But anyways... He said, Spike, one thing that I really respected was that you asked a lot of questions. You never made statements, which got me to think more, which got me to respect you more and really understand, okay, is, is, is the ball a little bit too far out? Should I, bring, should I bring it back in? That changes the whole outcome of the whole game, and he puts more respect towards your team. Well, you know, again, what are we trying to do? We're trying to teach kids a game of baseball. We're mm-hmm. trying to help. We're trying to get them better. In no way, shape, or form is moving the game along part of that process. I'm sorry. It's just not. Okay, so so let me ask you this question. If you were doing schoolwork and you were doing it incorrectly, would we— would I want the, the A. Well, well but that's— <laughs> but, joking. But, I'm but, joking. But, no, but my point is—but my point is, would we alter the answer of a math problem so that we could move it along? Because they just couldn't get the right— and people say, okay, well, now you're top. No, what's the difference? Yeah. What is the difference? It's true. I, again, here's what I'll tell you. If you want to have a different plate for youth baseball that's a little bit wider than the other one, then change the damn rule. But until that point, who made you the authoritative figure on altering a rule? And that's what you're doing. See, that's the thing. At the end of the day, the conversation ends always with, 
if that's the best way to do it, then why is it not in the rule book? I'll tell you why. Because I can tell you why. Because you brought it up. 17 inches is hard enough to cover. As a hitter, yeah. If you're, if you're seeing nasty stuff, it's hard. It's super hard. You know what? I Here's what I used to say. Because we, we played in the top division. And I would say, listen, you want to call that crap down at the other division, you go ahead. But these kids are supposed to be the best players around. Call the strike zone. But again, Chrome, it is hard. To, it, it is it's hard. hard at any level, but it would irritate me. But I mean, it is hard to call that game. Like, I mean, when you start seeing that velocity and then you're starting to get on the edges, that's where, that's where the, it gets really there hard. There you go. See, but that's my point. It doesn't have to be that hard. I'm okay at the youth level if you want to give the edge. The yeah. problem is when you give outside the edge, now you have no consistency because you the, have nothing to reference. When it's in the box, that when it's in the other box. That's what that's the big thing. I remember uh, when Bryce Harper was in junior college. It was a it was a viral video. I don't know if you've seen this. They're in the College World Series, JUCO World Series in Colorado, and Bryce Harper gets ringed up on a pitch that was literally in the other box. He ends up drawing the line exactly where that ball crossed. Now, I'm not condoning that, but I'm no. just saying that it's hard to officiate a game, but that's what we're dealing with is that we don't want to see those type of calls. My first, my first argument about this where I, was able, where I had an educated conversation with some guys that I really respect, and again, I walk a fine line on this because I'm heavily involved in the actual league, um, and those guys are all umpires that are the other commissioners besides myself, um, was when I told them, you know, they get, you know I'm sure I upset them. And I and it was fine, and I respect them, and that's fine. And and if they want to tell me their piece, I want to hear it because I do respect them. And he said, Cromer, you cannot sit on your bucket and call balls and strikes. And I said, yes, I can. I can. That's where you're wrong. Yes, I can. Now, if you want to tell me that my, my catcher's not setting up behind the plate, well, that's another story. But if my catcher's set up behind the plate, I can call balls and strikes from behind my home plate. If he reaches outside his guard, it's not a strike. Now, would you yell that out like that's not a strike yes. to them? You would. I would very, I would very faintly say that's not a strike. Oh, okay. I wouldn't do that though. I would. Okay. Yes, I would. I'd say we don't need that. Gotcha. Okay. And then I might engage him privately, walking over the next inning, and say, "Listen, the strike zone doesn't need to be this big." See, that's what I would do. Is that I? No. Me, I'm I'm more of introverted on that. Right. Um. I actually go. I I actually take I, my walk, and it, it's it's funny. Sometimes I get really crazy results out of that. Either the umpire gets really defensive, or he's like, "Well, okay, and again, okay, okay, okay. you can see where my pet peeve is basically with umpires and it's the strike zone." Yeah, because it doesn't need to be that big. So, again, if you reach outside the guard, it's not a strike. If you're lined up by an umpire, just think about it. Just think about it. Yeah. Well, if the glove moves that way, yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. I mean, in between the knees. Now, listen. Here's the deal. Am I gonna? Can I call a game as good as the umpire behind the plate can? If we call a strike, no, I can't. But I didn't do it every pitch either. It was the ones that were more than blatantly obvious. Yeah. Okay. When you reach outside the guard and the throw takes you that way, it's not a strike. You know, and maybe I, I'm 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 with you, but I'm not with you on that. Like I'm on consistency. Like I get mad when it's not consistent. Well, that's that. Well, that makes if it he even wants worse. To, if he wants, See, to, if it, he wants to call a ball off the black, I'm perfectly fine with it. You just got to stick with that. Sure. But and if you again, call, I another, understand a ball off the black. Yeah, I'll give you that. I will give. I'll give you a ball off the black all the way up, till you get to where 
you know, now we need to be calling the play. Yeah. They give a ball off the black in 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 Major League Baseball. These guys are throwing 90 plus with nasty sliders. Yeah. I mean, it it's the consistency. So like if if I'm not dealing with with a consistent umpire, that's where I get really really um peeved. And when you see that in the major league game, you'll see that too with again, Joe Girardi had that action happen um it was about two weeks ago. Um, yeah, two weeks ago. He ended up confronting down in Tampa Bay, and he actually did a whole Billy Bean deal. Is it Billy Bean? No, uh, yeah. uh, Billy Martin. Billy Martin, and covering up the whole plate. And, I th- and when he had the interview, he's like, it was just, it was inconsistent. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine if he wants to call it this way, but it was just super inconsistent. How do you expect to hit with that? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of that. You know, and like I said, I, I just I don't see any, and all it does is cause problems, and that's what I'm trying to avoid here: are problems. And I just want some consistency. I don't understand that that whole theory of we're going to get that far outside and that far inside in an effort for them to swing the bat. Because then I would say, then I would simply follow it up with, okay, once they do swing the bat at those pitches, what do you expect them to do with it? To flare it. Okay, because and again, you know, it would be a great exercise. Sometimes you got to, you know, like I love the whole thing where. And again, this is—I'm not taking sides on this argument, but this will this will give you an idea of what I'm talking about. Have you ever seen they take those activist groups and they'll take them into police training and put them in some tough positions? With when it comes to no, I've whether, never seen that. Yeah, they'll take like some of these guys that are that stand out against like cops and like yeah, shootings, yeah, yeah. and they'll put them in some scenarios and they'll say, "Okay, what are you going to do?" And I mean, it's they, oh, it's they walk out yeah. of that and they're like, "Man, okay." So here's what I would do: I would take umpires and I put them in a battery box and I take a machine. And just, I'd set it up throwing fastballs five inches outside, and I'd say, go ahead and hit those. I'd, go ahead. 90 on the Swing black. Yeah. Well, I, well, I won't even do 90. I don't care what it is. I'll just throw it out there on the black. I'll give you the I just said I'd give you the black. Oh. Give me, we're going to go five inches outside because that's what they say. They'll go white line to white line. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw fastballs out there, and I want you to hit them. I don't think they. I I agree with you on this. And I don't think they understand how hard it is to no, hit a don't. ball on low outside they corner. They like don't. if a pitcher threw that in a game, I tip my cap and be like, "Dude, you got me." Because here's what I'm going to tell. I'm going to I'm going to throw it out there with a machine consistently and say, "Go ahead and hit that." And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, "I'm going to say, okay, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to move the machine, and you're never going to know. I'm going to throw them inside and outside. Now really hit that. You can't. Yeah." And then when you have a pitcher that's thrown at your head, like Machado, well, yeah, <laughs> then going back down no, away. No, and again, I want to I want to preface our conversation today by reminding everybody that the the number one thing you can do as a parent is show respect to an umpire, even when they're not having a good day. It's a lesson that your kids need to learn: is that not everybody has a great day, and ultimately, at the end of the day, you want to be able to play through adversity. Through adversity is what builds character. Okay. Teach your kids that character. If you're a coach out there, yes, it is your job to work with umpires. And you heard what I said, work with them, mm-hmm. not against them. Try to find a common ground. If you're a player and you're listening to this, the best thing you can do is walk away and live for another day. Yeah. That's my message to you. I don't know, Spiker, if you have a different one, but that's my, my message. My biggest message is for parents is that just don't, don't engage with them. Please don't. Yeah, because all you're doing is sending a message that it's okay. Um, speaking of messages, it's time now to get the message from our good friend and yours, Kurt McNabb from Dirtbag Sports with his rope report, as brought to you each and every week by The Rope Trainer. Make sure you check him out at theropetrainer.com. Let's see what Kirk has for us this week. 
Thanks, Jim. Great show today, as always. And I'd like to welcome everyone to this week's episode of The Rope Report, brought to you by the arm care specialist, The Rope Trainer. I'm Kirk McNabb of Dirtbag Baseball Nation, and I'll be your weekly host of The Rope Report. I want to take a quick second to let all of you know that we've changed our name from Dirtbag Sports Nation to now Dirtbag Baseball Nation. We're very excited about this change and know that all of you will really benefit from where we are going moving forward. As always, I welcome back our regular listeners, and for all you first-time listeners to The Rope Report, welcome and thanks for joining us. The purpose of The Rope Report is always to talk about and share all things rope trainer related. This week, I got a surprise visit home from my son, Braden, from Paris, France. He and my other son, Nolan, are over in France playing, coaching, and developing baseball for Dirtbag Baseball Nation. They have taken rope trainers with them to use with their development program while there, and I'm excited that he's home this week to talk about how the rope has helped his own throwing as well as the players they are working with. Understand that I've had him on a throwing and long toss program his whole baseball life, and he wasn't introduced to the rope trainer before going to France. Braden, I'd like to introduce you now, and can you please tell our listeners what you think of the rope trainer? Hey guys, and thanks Kirk. I don't have a ton of time, but I'll touch on the main points of the rope trainer and how it benefits me. My favorite thing about the rope trainer is that I can keep my arms strong and healthy wherever I am, whether I'm all by myself or with the team. Now I'm not relying on having a throwing partner or waiting to see if the weather is good to go out and have a long toss. My partner can't toss that day or it's raining and I just stay inside and stretch out with the rope trainer. It doesn't replace long toss, but I find that if I go a chunk of time without having a long toss, and I'm only using the rope trainer, it still keeps my arm feeling strong and healthy. It's convenient in the fact that you can get your throws in wherever you are and it pretty much fits in your pocket. Between games at tournaments or doubleheaders, I'll get my rope trainer throws in, and that seems to keep me loose and relaxed in that throwing shoulder, where before I'd sometimes stiffen up. If I'm feeling sore or something is a bit off of my arm that day, I'll pick up the rope and work out the kinks and see if it feels better. That's an added bonus of the rope. Instead of throwing and pushing the pain when you have a sore arm, just rehab with the rope trainer and work out the kinks and gradually progress back in long toss. Nothing but good things to say about the rope trainer from over here in France. Thanks, Eric. Well, there you go, dirtbags. We've included a video of Braden using the rope trainer for you to view as well right here at Youth Baseball Talk or at Baseball Dirtbag Baseball Nation's YouTube page. Thanks for sharing this valuable information with all our listeners, Braden, and we wish you the best of luck with the rest of your season in France. I'm Kirk McNabb, and I'd like to thank all you for listening to this week's episode of The Rope Report. You can become part of the rope revolution by going to www.perfectpitchandthrow.com to get your own rope trainer, and be sure to enter Dirtbag5 for your discount at checkout. The Rope Trainer is on Facebook and Twitter, at The Rope Trainer, and you can stay up to date with all things Dirtbag Dirtbag Baseball Nation on Facebook and Instagram at Dirtbag Baseball Nation and Twitter at Dirtbag Baseball. Remember to keep those comments and feedback coming in, all you dirtbags, and I'll see you right back here for next week's episode of The Rope Report. Because like our friend John Smoltz says, the rope trainer is a product that will revolutionize the game. It not only works, but it's the best pitching drill trainer ever created. Thanks, Kurt. Really appreciate everything you guys do over at Dirtbag Sports. And, of course, the way you bring us the rope report each week. I know our listeners are really enjoying it. It's an opportunity for them to not only uh, find out about the rope trainer, but, of course, learn how to utilize it in their everyday training and and, uh, for for just really any purpose that you could find, uh, whether it be training or rehab, getting better, saving bullets for that arm. It's a great, great tool, and it's a great segment that we're happy to have as part of Youth Baseball Talk. 
All right, another guy that's been with me almost from the beginning that I'm proud to say is a part of Youth Baseball Talk brings us his Elite Baseball.TV training tip of the week each and every week. Justin Stone, take it away. Bear with me, guys. Justin Stone here from EliteBaseball.TV, and I'm about to get on my soapbox. This is something I've talked about in our various podcasts, members' blogs, definitely over the past couple years. But today I'm going to spend a little bit more time on the dangers and pitfalls of impressing style upon athletes. And I got a phone call yesterday that really concerned me about high, how high of a level of baseball that this has reached where a player was told, if you do not do it this way, you are not going to play. Not if you have success or failure, you're not going to play. If you do it this way in this different style, instead of doing the style the coaches are coaching you to do, you are not going to play in the game. This is a very high level of baseball very concerning to me. Now I'm not going to get into what the style was or what level of baseball it is because you'd be able to figure it out pretty quickly, but there's a player that comes back to you and says, I need help. I got I get, I to get help within this style that is foreign to me and I've got to figure it out or I'm not going to play. And of course we're going to help that player, but I compare it to this. If I were to write a sentence in cursive to you right now, and then I had you write the same sentence right above mine. And it didn't look the same as mine because we have different styles in our handwriting. I said, yours is wrong. And you need to make your cursive handwriting in that sentence look exactly like mine. And you redid it. You would look at it. You would almost paralyze yourself of trying to make an artistic look of your cursive handwriting in a style that's foreign to you. And what it would do, it would slow you down and be very, very difficult. When we impress the style upon hitters, the exact same thing happens. We take away their natural athleticism, we paralyze them slightly, and you're not putting them in a position to succeed. We've said over and over again, style should be brought about to figure out by the player. And as a hitting coach, as a parent, as a dad that's coaching their 10-year-old team, what you want to do is introduce a multitude of different styles to the player, if they're searching for one, and let them figure it out for themselves. They're going to tell you what feels good. They're going to tell you what feels right, and you're going to see it as a coach and be able to encourage them by seeing a better result and a better swing pattern. Now, the pitfall is usually this. Oftentimes, at the youngest level, the youth level, striding becomes fairly difficult. A lot of things can happen during that striding process that get a player too far forward in their front leg. They have trouble timing the stride because timing is the most difficult part of hitting. And often what I see is coaches are going to spread them way out and we're going to halt all their lower body movement to try to simplify. And I put the simplify in quotes because you're not simplifying, you're paralyzing. Really what happens is we're taking away the knowledge or me being able to say as a coach, I don't know how to fix you. So I'm going to put this band-aid on this issue and try to put you in a style that simplifies, takes out movement, but in reality doesn't help you. You have to rewind and get to the root cause problem of the movement. And then you have to fix it at that bare bones level very early, usually in the loading process, and be able to go from the rest of the style from there. So I mention this because as young coaches, oftentimes we're going to coach what we know best. We're going to coach the style in which we hit. And that's a big red flag to me, to say that you're going to do it the same way I am. Because your cursive handwriting has to look like mine. So what we want to do, in my point of my podcast today and our members' blog, is that we want to introduce a bunch of different styles. And how do we do that? Sometimes you've got to feel it for yourself. 
Play around with it. As a coach, I want to feel what it's like to do a leg kick. I want to feel what it's like to coordinate a no stride movement. I want to feel what it's like to do a toe tap myself. And when you can do that on your own, you can translate it and relay it to a player and help them with it too. But I think our head instructor here at our academy, Travis Kerber, who you've heard on the podcast or members blog yourselves, does a phenomenal job of introducing a lot of different styles to athletes and make it fun while you do it. Experiment. Think about when you were a kid playing home run derby and you were eight years old and you had to hit a ball over a garage or over a tree to get that home run. Did somebody tell you how to do that? No, you picked up a bat, you figure out an athletic movement yourself to get as much power into that wiffle ball to get it over a desired object. That's what we need to get back to. And that's what simplify means. Simplify means have fun, figure out a way to get athletic, and really get into your body to figure out how to develop a swing match. So that's our point today. Instead of making a player do it a certain way, which may be foreign to them and actually hold them back, let them experiment, let them have fun, and let them tell you what style fits them best. Until next week, this is Justin Stone, and we'll see you on the field. Great stuff from Justin, as always. Really appreciate it. Proud to have him a part of the show. The other guy that I uh, look up to and I really appreciate having as a, as a sounding board here at Youth Baseball Talk is Rick Strickland from the St. Louis Pirates and his uh, Ask Rick segment. Rick, let's hear from you. Good morning, Jim. Thanks again for having me on the show uh, to answer some of the great questions that come from the, the podcast audience on a weekly basis. This week's question was one that I was actually addressing with a, uh, a coach this past week. And the question of the week is uh, they have a very – I'm a coach of a very competitive youth team. Poor umpires affect the outcome of many games over the years. What is the best way for a coach to handle poor umpires? Um, I think from our perspective, and from my perspective, you just come from a conclusion over the years, is that at the youth level, umpiring is probably not going to be uh, as good as you would like it to be. Uh, and you have to come to that conclusion. You just really, really, from an umpire perspective, you want them to try to be as consistent as they can from a balls and strikes area, but it's a tough, 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 tough job. I don't think creating an attitude of arguing and yelling at umpires in front of the kids is a good way to handle it. I think what we do on our end is that we try to go and make sure that uh, uh, that our kids are aware that usually it's not the one situation that comes up where a kid uh, hits a uh, – uh, that we lose a ball game because an umpire has made a bad, bad mistake uh, with a call. Um, it's usually a combination of a lot of different things, and usually those things that, that cost us to lose a ball game uh, during a, a seven-inning ball game will be things that, that are amongst our own creation. For instance, getting a pitch in the strike zone that we can hit, that's an obvious strike that we foul off or that we roll over because of inefficient mechanics. And then all of a sudden, when we foul those two pitches off, we get a two-strike account, and then somebody throws a ball that's a, that's a foot outside, and the umpire calls a strike, and everybody's upset about that and then they want to blame the umpire for calling them out on that, that, that type of thing. So usually when you look at the things and how they happen, uh, Jim, uh, it's, it's, it's a combination of things. So we always try to point back to the things that we could do better that are really outside of the umpire's control. We never want to put ourselves in a position that, that the umpire can dictate what happens. It's going to happen. They're going to put themselves – it's going to be a situation, a close call, that's going to go against you. Um, from that perspective, but you can't, you, you, you've got to prepare for that. And as a coach, you have to understand that, that those things are going to happen to you. And they're going to continue to happen as long as we have baseball 
and humans are involved in making the decisions on whether whether uh, on running the ball game. Uh, so we've come to that conclusion. I try to encourage our coaches not to get into arguments uh, with umpires because it really does you no good. And I said I think it sends the wrong message to the kids uh, as well. Now, have we gotten in trouble with umpires? Absolutely. Occasionally, you run into situations where umpires want to be dictators of the game and and they're not really uh, uh, willing to, to work with you. And the human, I know we've given those mistakes. But that's the only issue I have is that when you can't talk to an umpire uh, about situations and stuff like that, they give you an attitude, things like that. And those things have to be discussed. If it's not with the umpire, it's got to be with the uh, uh, the people that actually run run the, uh, the associations and the tournaments and stuff like that to make sure that the umpires are there to, to help manage the game uh, and keep it safe and keep it clean and things of that nature. So... That's my take on umpiring. My biggest take is that we try to eliminate uh, a lot of different components of, of the umpiring factor by, you know, playing the base baseball we can. I don't think in the course of a seven-inning ball game, especially at the youth levels, if your team's out there hitting every ball and catching every ball and making every play and every strike that's, that's, that's thrown for a strike, if they're, they're uh, executing those, then uh, you should be okay. So that's my take on umpiring. Leave them alone. Focus on yourself. Uh, come to the conclusion that umpiring is going to go against you, uh, and it's going to help you too because they're going to make the same calls against the other team. But it all balances out, and the game is, you know, able to advance from that, that perspective. That's what I have this week, Jim. Thanks again for having me on the show. Look forward to next week's question. Thanks. Good stuff, Rick. Special thanks to you, St. Louis Pirates Nation, uh, Rick Strickland Baseball, and of course your friends at Blast Motion, the, the wonderful product that, uh, that you use day in and day out to help hitters improve. Uh, good show today, my man. Really appreciate the topic. Um, I, uh, you know, the one thing I didn't ask you that I want to ask before we go, as an organization, I'm sure you lay out some ground rules for your parents when it comes to umpires? Yeah, we have that on the... Like a player... Then, like yeah, a player co- manual player and everything manual. like that. Yeah, and then also um, every, um, at, before every season, the parents have to sign... Uh, document that um, the expectations. Yeah, it, you know, you can you can do a lot of that, but ultimately at the end of the day, you wind up having to deal with it sooner or later. It's here's well, the thing: we, we teach our coaches that you need to talk to them before the season starts. We yeah. do we do teach them that. But here's the thing that I'll assure you: it's it's going to happen, and that's okay. Like we need to get away from oh, we had something happen. That's okay. I assure you, as a coach or as a director, a spiker is in a, in a major program. How you handle it when it happens is what makes the difference. And that would be my recommendation to you. Make sure you take the opportunity to handle it well. Thanks for listening to the show this week. Check us out, youthbaseballtalk.com, your opportunity to listen to this show and many past shows. It's also your way to subscribe. Just click subscribe to the podcast. Absolutely free. Follow us on our social media sites, at Podcast Baseball on Twitter. Type in Youth Baseball Talk on Facebook. Our ask of you is just to continue what you've been doing since the beginning and that share our content when you see it. We cannot thank you enough for all your help with that, of course. And special thanks again to lineupmedia.fm, our producer, Alan, all the great people here. Spiker, my man, good show as always. Always. Alan did a great job. (laughs) Hey, have fun on that baseball diamond. We'll see you next week. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm.
This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.